Friday on the Love Monday I Post podcast. I'm Gail. I'm Michelle. And we have our very first guest, uh, Keller Homage, who I know from Tumblr, with, who was in, because we were both interested in anime and um, poetry and religion and the whole mess that is the world. Uh, but <laughs> right now we're talking vampires and poetry and Carmilla. Hi, Taylor. Hi. <laughs> um, oh, step one. So, um, Carmilla, we're talking about Carmilla. Oh, oh so right. you, you are coming out with a book of poetry, correct? Yes. Yes, my second poetry collection drops February 12th, two days ah. before Valentine's Day. And what's it called? It's called Lest I Know Your Weakness. And it is a poetry collection that I formed from the text of a novella called Carmilla, which um, some people listening may be familiar with. Um, and it's a it's structured as sort of a poetic dialogue between Laura and Carmilla, and, and it explores um, kind of the darkness and the hope of their relationship. Yeah, Carmilla is like the second oldest vampire um, no, novella no. in English history. There's a one from. There's one from like 1817. Or there's then... one from that massive night when Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. Right. By Joseph Polidari called Vampire. And then Carmilla's the next one. And then you have Dracula proper. Right. And that's like the beginning of vampires in English literature. Right. And Carmilla is actually the first female vampire character. Right. Because yeah, Gelsa Hopefully Dunham... that doesn't spoil the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Gelsa Dunham read last night, so it's relatively fresh for her and she liked it better than me because Well, it's very much of a period. I mean, it's there are long descriptive passages and there are the the relationship is not at all graphic or anything like that. No, it's very much a mood. Yes, very much a mood. <laughs> So, so Taylor, what did, um, how did you decide to work with Carmilla? Um, well, um, it's really started, um, so I'm really, I'm actually not like a horror fan or like really into a lot of that stuff. Um, but I came to know about Carmilla because of the web series, um, that came out, um, a few years ago. And um, I had heard a lot of things about it on Tumblr and decided to go check it out. And I got really into the story. Um, and of course, you know, I found out like, oh, this web series um, is adapted from a novel from 1872. That's that's pretty cool. Um, and of course, being so old, that book is in the public domain. And um, in my in my day job, I work a lot with um, public domain texts because it's very easy to put into um, to like educational stuff, which is what my day job is about. Um, but um, so I'm like, I'm familiar with having to work in the public domain and look for public domain stuff. So I'm like, kind of like, oh yeah, public domain is, is really great. Um, and um, I was already, I, I've been experimenting um, with um, erasure poetry and blackout poetry since my college days. Um, and I thought, oh, well, you know, this this text, it, number one, it's old. So, you know, public domain, I can use it and do whatever I want with it. And number two, because it's old, it has all this kind of cool language in it that would be really fun to apply a very modern form of, of poetry to this 
old texts and just kind of um, see what happens. So that's more or less how I, how I got the idea. I, I really just at first intended it to be, you know, maybe out of the entire novella, I'd get like a few poems that I felt were good enough. And I just, you know, threw them up on Tumblr or whatever, just to kind of put some stuff out there. Um, and then I thought, you know, maybe I could do a little bit more with this. Uh, maybe I could go back through the text again and pull out some other poems. And then I, once I did that, I'm like, I have enough for like a really tiny collection. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put one together. So because it set up like a conversation between the characters. Well, mm -hmm. Did you tell us first off what blackout poetry is? Because we've been yeah. looking, but how, can you explain it to people who aren't looking at it? Yeah, the, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with the podcast to an, an article I found about explaining the history of it, but yeah. How would you explain it? Right. So, um, so the way that I personally uh, define it, um, blackout poetry um, slash erasure poetry. Um, what you do is you take uh, you take an existing text. Maybe it's a newspaper article or a book or. Um, I, I've done it with devotionals, those random devotionals that would come in the mail sometimes um, that are still lying around the house. Um, and you open it up, scan, uh, scan the page um, for words or letters, whatever, um, and take a marker, a pencil, whatever you might want to be using, and you just mark off those words or phrases. Um, and then you, um, you cross out everything else around it and you're left with a poem. Um, it's, it's not a very common form of poetry. Um, I mean, you'll see like, I guess, hipster blogs play with it. Um, but, um, but I find it interesting because um, you're not just relying on what you might come up with, but you're kind of looking at what someone else has already put down and reading into it in a sort of a literal way. And, um, but also working with the constraint because the page ends eventually, right? Um, and maybe you want to make, um, you want to make a certain word plural, but you don't have an S right there, you know, sure. like, so you have to kind of like, you have to kind of play around with, um, with words and with sentence structures. Um, and sometimes what you end up with sounds really weird and doesn't work. And other times um, it's, um, it, there's some very interesting lines that come out of it. So um, what I did for Lest I Know Your Weakness um, is I um, found a text version of Carmilla on Patrick Gutenberg, opened it up on my computer, um, made the screen as big as possible, and I just took uh, screenshots of the entire book that way. Um, so that sort of gave me my pages, my, uh -huh. you know, my, my uh, sort of physical limit. Um, and then I, so I, then I would open a screenshot on my computer um, and I would actually make a copy of that. Um, and, um, and then I, well, I, I made, I made copies of it at first, but then eventually since I just put it all in, in word and didn't try to deal with like the keeping the like 
visual aspect of it. Um, I just had a Word document open. And so I'd look at the screenshot and I would just kind of just let my eye follow the page and see what words jumped out at me, um, what and what sort of feelings were being evoked. Um, and then I would just try to make something work from the top of the page to the bottom of the page. Um, and um, poem is taken from a page because I know one of the reasons you popped up on my radar was what you did a previous book of poetry, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, that was, you, you published that in the literal blackout form. And I thought mm -hmm. you really raw. Uh, it really caught my attention the way you managed to take um, find the words you pulled out of there. Because I, I think I, you mentioned constraints and poetry mm -hmm. really benefits from the fact that you you're constrained. And so the choices you make and for most of us, like I do haikus, so my choices are, uh, my choices are limited by syllables. And I mm -hmm. think it's fascinating that your choices are limited by the words available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it's definitely an exercise in in editing in a lot of ways um, because um, I think you know in, in editing prose, um, you you are cutting out a lot of things and you're also just as a as a prose writer trying to um say things in the most interesting and vivid way possible so there were times when i was i'd be looking at a page and um and you know i would think of a certain way to end a line and i thought well, that's a little bit, that's a little bit overdone or that's a little bit cliched. And then the, the same page offered me like a completely different word or a phrase that just maybe I wouldn't have thought of on my own, but because it's there, it's there on the page and it's sort of connected with what I had uh, selected before I got to that point, it all comes together um, in just this weird, but, um, but interesting imagery. Yeah, I found uh, honestly I like your poetry better, much better than the original version. <laughs> Thank you. It was it was more of a conversation, and it left out the like family history details. Mm -hmm. Um, and you definitely got the atmosphere. There was a bit more mood. There's a lot. Well, actually, there's a lot more mood in hashtag um, mood. Yeah, hashtag mood. What <laughs> is a mood? <laughs> that really well in the web series which we should definitely you know take a break we should definitely talk about that mm -hmm. um but i actually had a point right oh yeah yours i was just looking at it again and it seems like you got a sense that carmilla felt like prey as much as laura did you know i definitely got a sense that the carmilla was feeling vulnerable in your poetry that i didn't get from the original mm -hmm. which yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I love hearing um, what people get out of my poetry because um, one of the great things about poetry is that it, it can kind of have this um, this openness to interpretation and people bringing their different experiences and their different whatever context that they that they come with yeah. um, bring that to how they how they read the poetry. So I, I know that as I was making this collection, of course, like part of my context is I've seen the web series. Right. So 
Um, but at the same time, I wanted to make this, you know, a, a, its own standalone thing. You don't have to know the web series to understand my poetry collection. Um, and, and that, you know, that was always, always an intention. Although I had, I have some, um, some pieces, some lines that I deleted, uh, right. I didn't include in this that like were just leaned a little bit too much into the web series specifically. And I'm like, nah, like I need to, I need to change this. I need to make it, I need to make my thing, um, different, even though I'm using the same source text. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so your impression of the text? Oh, um, well, I thought Carmilla, um, I mean, I, I enjoyed the novella as much as the web series, actually, um, because it did, it was such a mood, and it, it was, I didn't know where the story was going, actually, and I knew that Camilla is a vampire, um, but you know, you didn't know how I it didn't ended. know how it ended. Yeah, which was always interesting to. And yeah, your poetry collection skirts that issue of the fact that it doesn't end well for. Okay. I, I warned people. That, <laughs> spoiler! I will spoil it for them, and I refrain from mentioning who it doesn't end well. <laughs> well, we're talking we're talking about the the novella, which yeah. eighteen seventy two. I mean, I'm pretty sure the spoiler rule is five <laughs> years. So I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, the web series. It seems like it it does some of the moves so well, but the woman who plays Carmilla on the series gets that. I mean, it. <laughs> She has read this book. She knows this book. She's living this book. It's, it's yeah. pretty. Um, yeah, and on, honestly, she, um, Natasha, I cannot pronounce her last name. I apologize. But she and her co-star, Elise, are like angels. They're, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah, it's um, like Natasha Negovanales. Yeah, yeah. I have to like see it in front of me and I don't have it in front of me. And even then, it's like a 50-50 chance I'm going to say it right. Yeah, I'm comforted by the fact that none of the letters in Carmilla's name are in there, so it's not just another anagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah, first use of anagram in liter in English literature. Um, well, they do, did they do that in the in the book? Yes. Oh, okay. That they made a point of saying at the at yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah. I zoned over the book. I didn't zone over your poetry. <laughs> Yeah, and then really the the it's really about the the first season of the web series is pulls the most content from the book, and actually the movie um, pulls some other stuff from the book. Um, so if you ever have a chance to see the Carmilla movie, um, you'll like not only just like aesthetically, but um, but there are some other aspects and like um, things about the book that. They didn't do in the web series, but they do in, in the movie, so. Okay, we're going to pause here and just for a minute and then to do our blurb, and then we will be back to talk about vampires and fun things like that. Yes. This is Michelle, and we're back to talk about vampires and how hard it is to get a happy ending when one of your main characters is a blood-sucking fiend. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, okay, so I've been spending a lot of time with Dracula, which suffers from part of the same problem that Carmilla suffers from in that I zone out. Um, but Well, Dracula is a much longer book plus. than Carmilla. Yeah, and plus it's a lot of people's memories as opposed to just like one. Well, there are a couple of aren't there a couple of supplemental people? No, there's the person at the like the introduction saying, oh, okay. I basically I found this manuscript. Yeah, found manuscripts were big in that era. Frankenstein is a found manuscript. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was how they wrote then. Uh, Dracula's collection of letters and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which I've been working on for a working through for a fan fiction. Um, and I was impressed with the the really good thing about Carmilla is that the main characters in it are both women, which is hard mm-hmm. to find in that era. Um, and I mean, not that Laura was especially heroic, but <laughs> no. Well, it's, and it's not just the two women. There are also the governesses, two governesses and the, yeah. the mother who obviously is in charge of something. Although Camilla, the book doesn't actually create the conspiracy. Cre- right. It doesn't go into exactly what the mother is doing. Yeah. Well, Oh, well, 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 yeah, because one of the things when I was reading Dracula, I realized that how strong, because um, um, the Lee Extraordinary Gentleman steals Mina Harker as a character, and I can see why, because she's, like, really the core of Dracula. And um, it's nice in Carmilla that neither of the women kind of gets left out of it, because mm-hmm. there's no dude. Right, well, there's father. There's a father, and, yeah, but, but I mean... There's- there's- there's no uh, love interest yeah. hanging out. Well, no male love interest. Right. No other love interest hanging out anyway. Okay. There was actually. So, um, the Carmilla, your poetry collection and Carmilla the Web series both managed to take this kind of murky, seductive, dangerous mood and make it not so grim, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because a lot of, like, Buffy gets really grim even in the happy moments. It does. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, for those of you who haven't seen it, like Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just drag me. Drag me on Twitter for that one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. I, You know, that was definitely um, a conscious, like, sort of a conscious thing on on my part. Um, I wanted to... Um, bring out like more of a a little bit more of a of a positive if not very angsty um, love story between these two um, because um, the rest of it like the actual t- text is like really dark and and depressing um, and I like that to an extent but I'm also a sucker for redemption so yeah Gail was saying how it made vampirism sound kind of like a disease it, it sounds a lot like depression I mean it sounds like the Vampires victims just get so drained and so depressed that they have no more will to live, and so they die. Well, it seemed to me like there was when I read it because I had read it before because it ended up in like well I used to call it my book of lesbian pornography, but it wasn't really. It was just all the weird <laughs> matches of women loving women women stuff over the history of literature, which you had to you know search out bits for from Sappho on. Um, but it always seemed to me that there was this, the vampire, you know, the cloud around 
Carmilla had a weight to it. And the closer she got to Laura, the more the weight was shared. And I was surprised when I reread it about how, you know, they were always talking about her piercing the breast, whereas with other vampires, it's definitely latch onto the neck like a lamprey. Mm, <laughs> I mean, just for the, the major tropes of vampires, like when I first watched the web series, I was really surprised that Carmilla appeared on camera. Yeah. And like the book, it, you can tell that it's one of the earlier ones because you don't have the vampire lore in there. You don't have that um, she can't go out in sunlight or uh, that you have to be invited into a house. Yeah, that's right. Like that. Well, apparently the, the, the mirror thing is partly because mirrors were made of silver. And so it was the silver that oh. caused and not necessarily a reflection thing. I read that somewhere hmm. fairly recently. But yeah, it didn't seem like there were a lot of vampire tropes in Carmilla, which, and in the web series. So there was a lot of moments in the web series where I actually stopped and thought, oh, wait, this isn't Buffy. Right, <laughs> right. She could go outside, yeah. even if it was daylight. And I was kind of surprised when the tall Amazon person actually <laughs> had a stake and was yeah. expecting to stake something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so how did, um, what, how did Carmilla build your experience of vampires, I guess? Um, you invite strangers in. <laughs> well, um, it's a better love story than Twilight. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I'm not, I mean, my knowledge of vampires is very general and not like the knowledge that people who are really into um, to horror really have so my my experience is just like you know whatever whatever cartoon parodies that you saw like of dracula growing up on like looney tunes or whatever they did or whatever other other cartoons um so i um and also i i watched i don't think there are vampires on supernatural but i did watch five seasons five seasons of that um so um but uh what was that? Don't do not watch Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, that is like the scariest movie ever. ever. I, I think I did for a film class. Not maybe not the whole thing. I, I did take a film class in college, and so we watched um, like a lot of the that classic stuff. I don't, I don't know if we watched Nosferatu like the whole way through, but I think we definitely watched clips of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that but um. But yeah, I mean, I, I like how, I, I mean, I, I guess technically speaking, um, the Carmela web series is like the second modern adaptation of a, or second modern vampire thing that I have had exposure to. Um, cause the first was, was Twilight. I mean, that was just everywhere. And I, I've seen, I did watch some of the movies, um, and I read maybe like half of the first book, but you, you can't be, you can't be like a like a writer and a nerd and like not hear all the opinions and discourse about Twilight. Um, so that so that also was like my experience, but I never really like got into the books or um, or, or really that into the discourse, other than like yeah, I hear what what people say about it and that the the writing's not 
super stellar or whatever. But a fun thing that I did notice um, when I was making uh, I was making this poetry collection um, because I, you know how the first Twilight book has that has that like uh, parallel sentence structure where um, Bella's like about three things I was certain like something about Edward Cullen and and she lists like he would he, his name was Edward or like his, and his he something I, I can't I can't think of it offhand but it's like but it's like these three short sentences where it's like and it all, they all kind of start the same way where like his name was this he was this and he was a vampire like you know what, you know what I'm talking about does that make sense rhetorical devices yes yeah yeah um well um Carmilla the novel the exact same thing um right like right in the beginning of of the book um and I actually incorporated that into one of the the poems, um, not the one that I picked out to read, but um, but that same sentence structure um, appears in that. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if Stephanie Meyer like got that from Carmilla. Um, well, if she was gonna go for sexy vampire, Carmilla would be a much better model than Dracula. Yeah, because Dracula is not really particularly sexy. He's just like force of nature and you know he's just kind of terrifying whereas Carmilla there's a little bit more sensuality in it I mean mm -hmm. he Dracula's victims they're sleepwalking you you don't get to see the relationship build <laughs> so yeah if, if, if Stephanie Myers were picking up trying to pick up a sexy vampire she would have done better to model it after Carmilla than Dracula mm -hmm. I really is that is that what she was doing? Like I, I just I'm genuinely curious. Like was she no, was I, she trying to model more off of Dracula? I don't know, but let's make that a theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because Dracula is not at all. I was surprised when I went through it. It's not really. It's just kind of brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Harker and the Three Sisters. That's the greasiest of the parts of it, but it's just more like food. <laughs> than, you know, any kind of lying together in bed like there's in Carmilla. Yeah. And there's the part where he feeds Mina, but um, that's not... It says it's more like feeding a kitten or something. It's just, yeah, Dracula's not sexy. And whereas Carmilla definitely gets a more sensual... I can see where why it's included in lesbian anthologies, because there mm -hmm. certainly is a sense that there is something there and there is something forbidden, and that's one of the reasons why people would write things like this about vampires and stuff, because that way they could express the forbidden aspect and the tainted aspect even of something hmm. like women together without actually saying it. <laughs> yeah. It still has, of course, like for that being the time period, it still has that overall um, negative bent to it, um, and that and that's why that's why Carmilla dies at the end. Whoops, um, but um, and that's and that's why I liked how the web series um, went in its own direction with that, and and that's one of the beauties of um, having things that are in the public domain is that you know maybe it, it has it has like a problematic ending. Um, but, um, but because it's in the public domain, people that are creating art today can, um, can take that and, um, and transform it to something that is really relevant. And means something to them. I think yeah. that 
I, think, I know that for me, when I'm writing like fan fiction, it's because the characters resonate with me. So it's always really cool to me to see people who find the things that resonate with them and find a way to update. I mean, all you find the community and you have a shared vocabulary. And I honestly think it's really more of a challenge to do something in a community where you have, like, I know there's a criminal fandom where you have a shared vocabulary, you know the characters so well, everybody does, and to do something that will meet people's expectations of those characters and strike them true, I think that's a much harder challenge than just making up your own world because, you know, there's people who have really strong opinions about these characters, and if you can make it work, then that's that's the kind of interesting challenge for me, and it's more like a Rubik's Cube puzzle, you know, of making things fit. <laughs> and do you yeah. have poems by other Carmilla fans, or...? What that was, uh, I think your audio was cutting in and out. I didn't get the full question. Oh, have you run your um poetry by any other Carmilla fans? You know, what what is their reaction to it? Does it strike them as true? <laughs> the the people that have read it so far, I don't think that they've seen the web series, so they don't necessarily have that context to it. Um, I would be very curious um, and interested to to see how um, how people that are also fans of the web series um, would react to um, to my poetry collection. I, I I think they'd like it. Um, I, I I think in one in one sense um, this collection can read as just angsty Holstein fanfic. So. You know um, that that's definitely one way to to look at it, um, but. That being said, like I do want to make it clear, um, everything that's in that's in my collection is pulled from the original book. Nothing. I did not take any any like ideas that were from the web series and like put them in there or any of that business. It's strictly that like the text, all of it is from the um, the novella. Um, right. So, um, so, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So fans of the novella would be more likely your resident than fans of the. I get it. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I think both. I think both fans would. I think yeah. that if you if you liked the web series, um, you you know the characters in that way, you'll you'll see you'll see kind of the same, um, some of the same undertones, the same trends, um, I think in, in my, in my poetry. Um, and then if you just read the, the novella, then of course you'll see, um, certain phrases that are, that are kind of turned around or, um, or whatever. Um, so I think, I think there's, um, there's a happy medium. Um, yeah. it's like they share a palette. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, I'll just I'll just speak this into existence. It would be so awesome if somehow um, Natasha and Elise found out about this collection. Right. And then if they did a video together of them reading the poems as their characters, that would be that would be like a plus like it would be like full circle. Um, <laughs> 
And it just, it, but it, the, the potential, even, even just like the potential for that happening, I, I think um, just shows the, the beauty of things being in the public domain um, because it, it can allow um, these different versions, these different contemporary versions of the same story to exist. And they're both kind of their own thing, but they have a similarity so that if you like one and you go to the other, there's already an aspect of the familiar. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, yeah, we were very impressed with the web series, actually. Yeah. I think Gail was a little hesitant at first. I was. <laughs> We haven't watched a lot of web series, but, um, and I was, we, we do some film work too. And the whole, uh, whole bit about it, how it's all shot from the same place, from the same camera angle all the time. And, you know, it's, it's the one set. Um, I was, I wasn't sure how that was going to work, but it, when they bring everything in to that one room, it keeps it very contained. And it, it does kind of um, mirror what you see in the novella because it's all in that one house huh. and right around it. And so, and there's very much a sense of isolation, um, which huh. you can also get from the web series. Because, I mean, there's the one room all the time and then they're talking about the broader campus area, but there doesn't seem to be a world outside the campus anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, I really liked the setup once I discovered how often you could just catch criminal lurking in the background. Yeah, especially in the second season. <laughs> people move a little bit, and suddenly there's Camilla behind them. Reading a really heavy book. Yeah, we're just kind of lounging in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very well. And in the first season, I, I thought they made, yeah, it was fascinating to me, the contrast in lighting between Laura's side, and which was much brighter in her side, which mm -hmm. was definitely more shadow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I find that one of the things they actually took from the original novella was the large cat thing. Because mm -hmm. I yeah. would have had more sense of her, of, um, Laura falling under her thrall, but I guess to make it a happier kind of thing, you didn't get the, in the thrall. Thrall is a word I am selling on in vampire <laughs> terms. <laughs> I am pushing to describe the vampiric effect on people. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, one of the things I liked about your poetry was that, you know, you in this conversation, you also made Carmilla the, a vulnerable party too, mm -hmm. which Thing, you know, in season two, I'm I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm sitting here rooting for her, which was unexpected because mm -hmm. Laura's seeming extra harsh about Carmilla's vampire monster. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And we're doing the importance of being earnest. And one of the lines in it is she was a monster, but not a myth. And that was a little unfair. And so when um, Laura says about the monster, you know, why do, that's not how monster stories go. I can't help but think of Carmilla the monster and the myth. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, so, is there anything else you want to talk about vampires or why they couldn't kill off girls? Or, um, well, it's nice to see where we, we were talking in the off, off, off the record, as it were, 
about how there's always there's the bury your gaze trope and too far far too many characters have died in movies and mm-hmm. everywhere. Um so it's really nice to see that they're not just you're actually getting a relationship. I know right. web yeah. series, yeah. Yeah. Which you don't in the novella. No. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, you know, that's, that's something that I think subtext, like you read the novella and you get the subtext, right. Of of Laura and Carmilla's relationship. And one of my feelings was to make that subtext, the actual text, um, and put, and put that out as, as the actual text and sort of, um, uh, Here's here's my uh, religious side coming out. Redeem the relationship, um, <laughs> um, because um, because yeah, you know, otherwise it is just this um, this tragic thing that happened to this this poor human girl um, was uh, was seduced by this uh, by this strange monster that uh, crashed in a carriage by her schloss, um, and that's that's what. That's what Carmela the novella is, um, and I I love how um, the the web series saw that and was like nah, and then I saw that too, and I also was like nah, um, let's let's make this let's make this a little more hopeful, um, yeah. Okay, well, why don't you read us one of your poems? Absolutely. Um, so this piece that I'll read. Um, is um, from Carmela's perspective. Such rhapsody. She would press me more closely and kiss gently my agitations. Like a lullaby in my ear, she entranced me with her mysterious excitement. Ever and anon, I thought of love growing into adoration and also abhorrence. This paradox I now write with a trembling hand. I pass my story to her and after an hour of apathy, am renewed again and again, breathing so fast that roses travel along my cheeks. She whispers, you and I are small but extraordinary. I break out of suppressed instinct and emotion. A storybook could boast of no such gallantry as this. Her eyes follow me, her ways girlish, and her saunter alludes to an afternoon under the trees. And that's yeah. uh, that's a sample for you. That's really nice. Yeah. And, Gail and I don't usually like poetry. Gail doesn't like poetry. <laughs> she barely mine. <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> well, yeah, that is very nice. It's actually nice to hear the poet read the poem. It is. Yeah. Oh, oh thank you. Okay, so where can people get your book? So people can uh, get my book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, you can get uh, you can get it as an ebook or as a paperback. Um, right, uh, yeah, on February twelfth, um, all of those versions will be fully available. Um, and um, you can also you should also be able to add the book on Goodreads. If you're on Goodreads, uh, make sure that you add it to your read list. Um, and when you read it, uh, leave a review and rate it um, and tell your friends. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Taylor Ramage. Um, and I am also on Tumblr 
and Goodreads, and I have a WordPress site. Um, but uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Yeah, we'll put links to all of this in, on the Patreon page, which you can yeah. go and support us, people, on our Patreon page. Yeah, um, yeah, because we now have a Discord server, and so we would be up for text chatting or monthly talk chatting rather than making a video. Um, anything else? No, I think that's good. Cool. No, oh, this is cool. Very, thank you very much for coming in. Thank, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Watching Carmilla was actually more fun than Gail expected. Yes, it was. <laughs> or, Watching it, yeah, we'll keep time. watching it. We'll watch the movie definitely. Yeah, because I really like the tone of the first season, and I think the second season the tone suffered a bit. So to hear that the movie is more like the first season makes me think we will watch it. Mm -hmm. But yes, thank you very much for coming on. Um, this is Fridays. I'm in love, and Mondays I post podcasts. And this is Michelle, and, and this is Gail. And say bye, Taylor. Bye, Taylor. <laughs> Um, signing off, and thank you for listening, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Yes. Bye. Okay. Bye.